Good morning, everybody. Um, out on the table uh, this morning, I've put a number of these um, word for today. Um, like Troy was sharing, he, he was wanting to get into the word a bit, and this is a series of three months of Bible readings and uh, just uh, some commentary, and it's a real encouragement. Uh, if you're not doing that, then I encourage you so that you've got something there to read. If you're new to the faith, then uh, maybe some of the Old Testament readings to start with are a bit long. Just stick with the other three and you'll be great. And uh, so God bless you as, you as you take those. They're on the table. They're free. Please take one and uh, start reading the Bible. And you'll be blessed as you do that. Uh, Salt and light we've been talking about. And so we're going to read some scriptures together. And uh, so uh, what a great Sunday we had last Sunday with... Reese and, and Charlotte sharing, that was so good and so encouraging. So thank you guys for what you shared last week. So let's all stand together. We're going to read Matthew chapter 5. This is the word of God that we are reading. This is God's word, yes? Amen. This is our instruction. This is our key to life. And so let the Spirit of God touch you as we read this together. Here it comes. All right. Number one, all together. You are the salt of the earth. Stop. That wasn't very good. Let's read it again. One, two. You are the salt of the earth. Stop. Now, last week, Reese really made this a point, didn't he? Come on, he stopped us and he said, and he pointed to us and he said, You are. You're not becoming that. You are the salt of the earth. Amen? Amen? So just turn to the person next to you and say, You are the salt of the earth. You are. Stop it. Oh, the house is getting unruly in here. My goodness. Just because the pastor's away, we can play up, can't we? <laughs> All right. Oh, keep going. But. If the salt has lost its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So we better be salty, yeah? yeah. We are salt. Hallelujah. The next verse says what? You are the light of the Stop. You are. You are. You are. What are we? We were singing this morning about the light. Lord, let there be light. And as we were sitting there and as we were singing that song, in my mind, I saw houses and people all over this town and all over this area crying out to God, saying, Lord, send some light. Because they're sitting in a dark place. They don't know what to do, where to turn, or what is happening next. They don't understand anything about Jesus, anything about the light of the world. And I could hear them, Lord, help me. Let there be light. Shine, Lord, do something for me. And that is a cry that is coming out from many hearts over this whole area. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Let's say it all together. You are the light of the world. 
Hallelujah. You are. You don't have to become that. You are. So what does it say then? What did Jesus say next? Neither do people... Oh, wait a minute. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Hallelujah. And so we need to be shining. And so this morning we want to talk about being salt and being light, being lit up, being lit up. You ready? Yes. Father, help us to get it this morning. Help us, Lord, to understand what you were saying, Jesus. And not understand it, Lord, but be it. In this community, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 7, Jeremiah is instructed by God to say to the people, and he says this, here it comes. Jeremiah 29, 7, Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Now, God didn't send me into exile here. I was so thrilled to get here. But sometimes, you know, we wonder why we are where we are. But we need to understand that God places us where we are. Hallelujah. That we do not just arrive by accident, that God has a plan and a purpose. And he says, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you and pray to the Lord on its behalf, uh, for in its welfare you will have welfare. In other words, God wants us as Christians to be salt and to light and take a concern for this town and for the town where you live in the surrounding areas, yes? And to be part of God's answer in the place. In the uh, NIV version, it says, Jeremiah 29, 7, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And a lot of our life, you imagine, if God starts to bless this area, and God starts to prosper this area, and the businesses begin to pick up, and things begin to happen, this area can be a blessed area. Hallelujah. Because God wants us as people in it to be part of the answer. And to pray for the area, pray for the people in this area, and not just wander through it in, in isolation, uh, but to be salt in it and to be light. God has placed you in here, and you and I here in this place, and uh, we need to understand it. Now, this verse was given to the people of God uh, when they were taken captive into Babylon. The city of Jerusalem was, was, was burnt by fire and the people were taken captive. And they went down into Babylon. It was a long journey. They must have walked, I don't know, many hundreds of miles to get there. And they were ta- enslaved and taken there. And they were grumpy about that. They didn't want to be where God had allowed them to be. And, 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 and they were saying, well, we're only going to be here for a while and God will rescue us. It'll be fine. We're only going to be here for a few years and we'll be right. And, and God said to Jeremiah, you can tell those people that have gone down to Babylon that they're not just for, there for a few years. They're going to be there for 70 years and they need to own it and they need to be part of it and they need to be blessed by it and they need to 
buy houses and build vineyards and get settled and raise families and be a blessing to that city where I've sent them to. And they say, well, we don't want to be here. We wish we were somewhere else. Well, God says, well, that's not where it is. That's where you are. That's where I've placed you. Now seek the welfare of that city because if that city gets blessed, you'll be blessed. Ah, great key. Great key to life. There's a verse in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26 and 27, which was quite a remarkable verse, and here it comes. For one man he made, from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. In other words, God has certain people in certain nations. God has placed us. God has placed different nations in different parts of the world. He has had a say in that, yes? Hallelujah. That's why the Maori people are here in this land. God, way back, had purposes these things. That's why you are alive in this point in history, and that is why you are placed in the place you are in. It is not by accident. It is not by a God is not a God of a series of accidents. Your life is not a series of accidents that you just drifted along and you just happened to turn up at a certain place. God loves you and he cares about you and he has a future for you. And it says there that God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any of us. And the reason why you are in the place where you are and the reason I'm in the place that we are is because God is very near to us and if we will only just reach out to him, if we'll only open our hearts to him, if we'll open, take the risk of opening our, our eyes to him and say, God, I, I, there's something happening around me and in my life, he's not far from you. And he loves you. And he's following you. He loves you with an unfailing love. He wants to do you good. It's a great thing to know that where you are is where God wants you to be. We are here, Sophia and I are here. Some of you have heard our story, but we are here. We traveled for 20 months now. We sold up in North and Kaitaia, and we traveled for 20 months in, in a motorhome. And we were saying as we traveled, Lord, where do you want us to settle? Anywhere, where you'd want it. We'll go anywhere. We're available. We are free. Hallelujah. Free at last. And we can settle anywhere that you choose. And we went and we finally settled back here. And God said to us, and God gave Sophie scripture in Joshua 1. He says, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. We had been trying to buy a house and, in the place and the owner of the house would not sell it to us. He kept putting the price up. We would put an offer in and he would go another 20000 up. Until this scripture came, and God said, in three days, I'm going to move you into the place that I have for you that you will own. And in, to the hour, three days to the hour from that, he signed the thing and we moved into the house. I know that we're meant to be here. And we're here because God placed us here, hallelujah, for a reason. 
whether you like it or not. We are here and we want to be a blessing. Hallelujah. We are, we are, we are salt and we are light. Yes. Hallelujah. In the place that God has placed us. And, and, and so we, we want to make a difference here. Psalm 118 and verse 26 says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When we do so, when we walk through this town, we come in the name of the Lord. And then it goes on and it says this, From the house of the Lord we bless you. Psalm 118, 26. From the house of the Lord. You know, you know this town and your friends will be blessed because you're here. The church is to be a place of blessing for the whole area. The church is raised up by God to be a house of blessing. Hallelujah. And to bless the people in a particular area. You see, the town and the area is waiting for the church to be the church. The town is waiting for the church to be a place of blessing and to be a place of life and to be salt and light. Every person in who is born again of the Spirit of God to be an expression of the Father's house. You see, the church is the place where the life of God emanates. As you and I are worshiping this morning, God is doing things in the realm of the Spirit. The Bible says that God is enthroned in the praises of His people. As you and I are worshiping Him and praising Him this morning, that's why next month we're talking about this whole thing of worship, how powerful it is and what happens when the church worships. But for the, throne, the authority of God is established when the church is a praising church. And from that, there comes life. And the flow of God's presence and God's blessing and God's spirit flows from the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. As a river of life. As you and I function fully and make that Holy Spirit-inspired contribution in this town, that the town gets blessed. And if you and I will seek the welfare of this area, then you'll be blessed as you seek that, as you pray for that, as you begin to be salt and light in the town where we are. Salt, as we heard last week, salt is that which preserves and gives flavor. You see, the Christians preserve the standards of good language, the standards of integrity, of fairness, of kindness. The Christians are to be those who are generous, the ones who are full of grace, who have a gentle answer that turns away wrath, that sees the good in people and not the bad. They preserve, the, the church preserves the standards in a society. The salt gives flavor. Pass the salt, please. The whole food's not all that tasty. We pass the salt. The community and the life without Jesus does not have the flavor that the community with Jesus will have or the life with Jesus has. Sometimes our life is born. We need the life and the salt of the presence of Jesus Christ and of other Christians around us that gives flavor to our living. Everything tastes better with Jesus. We are to be light. The church contains the truth. You see, the church contains the truth concerning so much of life. This book, this book is the truth of the matter. The Bible says, and Paul writing to Timothy says, the church is the pillar and support of the truth. 
If the church doesn't function, if the church hides its light, if you and I hide our light, then truth dies in the streets. Truth becomes what any, anyone thinks up. Truth just becomes whatever anyone thinks is the right thing. It just becomes the popular thing. Well, that's the truth of the matter. No, it's not. That's why societies begin to crumble. That's why families get torn apart, because the truth of the matter is here. And we are the light. If we hide it and we don't, and we don't, we don't share the truth, it's like, like Troy was saying, he, he prayed for an opportunity to share the truth of the matter, the truth of living. And God opened doors for him. Hallelujah. Because people don't understand today. Truth is, die. Truth is getting lost. And a whole myriad of, 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 of what people just think up and what governments just think up. But we are the light, the light Christians are, are, are to light. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that's why there's so much bondage in our society because they don't know the truth of the matter. They don't know him who is truth. And we carry his presence within us. You and your sphere of influence and I and mine in this town can bring light and understanding to people and to situations. Imagine what would happen if, if all the Christians were taken out of the nation. Imagine if all of a sudden all the Christians were taken out. What's left? With them goes the presence of the Lord. What happens to society? We are, you are the salt. You are the light of this world. In the workplace, how can we be salt and light? We are to excel at our jobs. We are to be the best as Christians that we can possibly be as we work amongst the people. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to anoint us and upskill us so we can do the job with excellence and be able to take initiative. When Moses wanted to build the tabernacle way back in the wilderness, he found a man, two of them, actually Bezalel and Aholiab. And the scripture's coming up because this is what God did. To get the job done, God did something for these men. They were skilled men in all sorts of ways, but this is what he said. So Bezalel, Aholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill. Now in the original Hebrew, it means to whom the Lord has added his skill. And ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary. They had to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. You and I are skilled in certain areas in our life. That's why we do the job that we do. But God wants to enhance that skill. God wants to add His skill and His anointing to your ability. So that you can really shine. So that you can be salt and light in the place where you live. It's possible to receive an anointing of skill. I remember <clears throat> some of you, my youngest son works for Google, and uh, he, 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 they were getting hacked in their Gmail years, a few years back, and, and he was called to go back from here, from Holland. he was in Aaron Holland, he was called to go back to San Francisco because neither Google, all the experts, and Google and Microsoft could not solve this problem. 
and, uh, and Sergei rang us at home and he said, I need to get hold of your son, Darren. We can't solve it. He's the only one. We, we, we need him. And I went to prayer about it. They flew him back to San Francisco and sat with all the lawyers of Microsoft and Google to try and find out what on earth was happening to this whole world of Gmail that was being hacked. And as he sat there, and my prayer was simply this, Lord, he's a skilled young man, but add your skill to him. Give him skill beyond you. Give him insight. And God used him to crack the whole thing. And he was greatly rewarded that set them up for life, financially. But God added skill. And my prayer, I pray for my four children. They are skilled in their area. They are excellent in their area of, of skill. Anita there, she, she's financial CEO of the Waitangi Trust and working there, but I pray for you, especially on a Tuesday. I pray for you that God will give you skill, that you'll be part of the answer in that place, that you'll be sold, that not just your own ability in finances and your own wonderful way of dealing with people is the skills that God has given you, but His skill will add to that. Hallelujah. Oh, Yes. So that when they are blessed, Joseph, it says of Joseph, Genesis chapter 39, says this. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Because of Joseph. Do you know that? Read that again. There it is. Why did the Lord bless part of his house? Because Joseph was there. Why is God going to bless the place where you live and where you work? Because you're there. You are salt. And you, God's blessing is upon you. God wants to bless. God wants to enhance your ability and bless the house where you work. Hallelujah. So that it will prosper and it will be a great blessing. Yes? And, 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 so, and when he got into prison, God still blessed him. And so it was like that. He got into prison, and the next minute he's in charge. The next verse talks about that. You can read it. It's up there right now. While in prison, you see, even in prison, God was developing Joseph for his future. When he was young, he began to have dreams. When he was in prison, he learned how to interpret the dreams. When he got out of prison, he was ready to interpret Pharaoh's dream, and the whole nation of Egypt was blessed. Genesis 41 verse 54 says this, There was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. And all the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe in all the world. See, even if there's economic hardship, your business can prosper. You're where you are because we're salt. Whether you do eat or drink, 1 Corinthians 10, 30, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Say, Lord, how can we be salt? We are salt. How can we shine? There's a verse that's come to me, Galatians 2 and verse 20, has come in a real fresh way to me. It says this, I am crucified with Christ. I am. I don't have to try to be. I am. I just have decided to be dead to my own way and, and be alive to him, yes? Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I but Christ lives in me. Hallelujah. That is the secret to your life. That is the power of your living, that Christ is within you. And so we live by faith of the Son of God. 
When I was thinking about this a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago, actually, the Lord said, it's not just your church that I'm interested in. It's the church in this area. We need to be salt and light amongst all the churches in this town. We cannot live in isolation. We cannot worship in isolation. God has his heart for the whole, all the people. There's Christians in every church. They've all got a different label on them. They all like certain things and dislike other things. But God loves them all, yes? And I'm saying, Lord, how, 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 can we, how can we be salt and light amongst the other Christians in this town as part of one local church? What, how do we do that? What, what does that mean? And the Lord said, see, this is the thought that came to me. You jolly Christians are so judgmental. You judge other people. You judge other churches. You say, well, but they didn't. And as parents, we judge our kids too quickly. And we can judge one another. And we just need to stop being so jolly right all the time. That we think we're right all the time. And we can become critical of people around. We can become critical of what's happening at work. We can become critical of, of, of other churches. We can become critical of each other. We can begin, and, and God says, no, 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 no. Salt and light, done. that's out. Sorry. Philippians 4.8 in the message says this, summing it up all, friends, I'd say you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling. What, fill, what, what fills your mind and your mouth? You are the salt of the earth. We do best by filling our minds and meditating on the best and not the worst. On the beautiful and not the ugly. Things to praise and not things to curse. It's easy to see what's wrong. It's easy to see the problem. It's not quite so easy to see the answer. Jesus said it like this. He said it like this. And I come, these are the last scriptures here. Matthew chapter 7. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Have you, have you ever made a. a, a, a Man, that person said that. I'm so, so wrong, man. I, I can't stand that person. I just get right off. The... And then you find out you were all wrong, you know. You got the wrong end of the stick. Oh, my goodness. You know, we're so quick to make a joke. We're so quick to see what's wrong. And Jesus said this, For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I've done this before, but God said, do it again. They didn't hear it. See, this is what Jesus said. 
he said this. Excuse me. Excuse me there, Marcus. I can see you've got a problem. Just stand still and I'll have a go at getting that speck out of your eye. And you're saying, wait a minute, that wouldn't be too good. So well, I can see a problem over here for a starter. Excuse me, Andrew, I'll just get that, that speck out. You say, wait a minute, you seem to have a bit of a problem yourself. Oh, no, no, never mind the problem I've got, I'm, I'm adjusting everybody else. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just adjust Margaret over here. Excuse me, I can see you've got a problem. And she's saying, I don't think you can see very much. And she's right, because I've got more problems than you can poke a stick at. And Jesus said to the guys, for goodness sake, he said, I'll tell you what to do. He says, if you find yourself running around judging others, he says, I'll tell you what to do. He says, why don't you take the plank out of your own eye and sort yourself out? Then he said, you might be able to see clearly to help somebody else. <laughs> and it's not a bad suggestion. Because this is what we do. And Christians do it to other churches and Christians. And they say, what? Man, when you're in trouble and when you fail, some, the Christians can be the worst ones. When you're down, they give you a boot, you know. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Because all of us, Hello. Can I help you? Oh, no thanks. It'll be all right. <laughs> Guess why the churches aren't full to capacity? Because all the people are walking around like this. And God said, would you get close to me so I can help you get the plank out of your own eye and then you'll be useful. I think Jesus had a bit of a laugh when he said that, eh? Let's pray. Father, thank you. You're such a good God. And you call us to be salt and you call us to be light. And we are. And we thank you for the opportunities that are going to come this week as we walk through this town and as we seek the welfare of this area and we, as we begin to pray for it. Lord, I ask that we will be your people in this area, full of life, full of light, full of flavor in the name of Jesus, Lord. Work your works of grace within us, I pray, that we might be the people you always created us to be. Father, forgive us for the times when we walked around with whopping great planks in our eyes, trying to adjust everybody else, but never dealing with the things that are in our own life. Lord, forgive us. Help us to be a bit serious about this. For the sake of the people who are crying out this morning, let there be light. Let there be light. And you're going to send us this week into people's hearts, into people's lives, into our workplace to be salt and to be light there. Help us to be vividly aware that we represent you, Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. We give you thanks, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.